For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Genesis chapter number 6 and verse number 5 as we'll be at today. Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 5. As we're looking at the story of Noah and his life and building the ark and God calling him to build the ark. So Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 5 through 9 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and a perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. That's an amazing story right there. How the, the earth was full of sin, full of wickedness, so much so that it grieved God at his heart uh, that he had made man, which is just incredible to even think about. How does God repent of anything? Now, God's repentance is not like me and you're repenting. Uh, God doesn't have to re- repent from sin because he is not a sinner. Now, when he saw how wicked man was, it grieved him at his heart, and he was sorry for it that he had made man. But there's a couple things I want you to get out of this lesson. If you don't get nothing else, here they are. Two things. Noah's greatest decision was not to build the ark. Noah's greatest decision was to walk with God. Number two, a corrupt heart and a corrupt mind will always lead to a corrupt life. A corrupt heart and a corrupt mind will always lead to a corrupt life. So in the days of Noah, sin was rampant. It even become very fashionable uh, to live in sin. Sin was made fashionable. Sin was made to look good. Sin was made to look appealing. Uh, The devil is a master at that. The devil is a master salesman. He will make you think that you can sin, live in sin, and do all kind of sin without having the consequences while enjoying the pleasure. Because the Bible does say that there is pleasure in sin, but tis for a season there's a price to pay for it. So you can't separate the sin from the consequences. Though there may be some pleasure in there, but there's going to be a lot more consequences. And I'm telling you right now, if you could see the price tag, if we, me and you, and every Christian included could see the price tag of the sin that was in their life, they would not do it. They would not do it but the devil is a master salesman at that. 
So sin was rampant in that day. It became fashionable. There were no limits. There was no restraints. Uh, there was nothing holding it back. Uh, sin is like this. Sin is so progressive. Uh, first, it's repulsive. It repulses you. Second, it becomes tolerated, like this is just how it is. And thirdly, then it's accepted. And you say, well, I just can't. There's nothing I can do about that. So that's how sin works. First, it's repulsive. Uh, then it's tolerated. And then it's accepted. And careful that you don't accept it into the church. So I want you to think about this. Noah had an unsinkable faith. Now, the ark didn't sink. It was unsinkable. So Noah had an unsinkable faith. But think about this. Professionals of their day, the best that there was of engineers and businessmen built the Titanic. Where is the Titanic at today? It's at the bottom of the ocean. That was the best that man had to offer. But God said, I'm going to take Noah. And remember, it had never rained. Much less did Noah had no reason to build a boat. But God said, I'm going to take a man that doesn't know anything is a complete amateur boat builder so much so this is his very first one and he's going to build this ark but i tell you what it floated because god's hand was upon it it doesn't matter if you've never done it it doesn't matter if you've ever been there it doesn't matter if you don't know anybody it doesn't matter if you don't have any money you listen to me when you walk with god because that's what god wants he's got everything else he just needs you will you be willing today to serve him to say here am i lord send me that's an amazing thought to think about that the titanic was built by shore professionals the best there is to today and noah was the very first boat he ever built but yet it completed the work that god had for him to do today there's so much sin around us that it's incredible uh the biggest thing is your your phone you can pick it up and look at anything your little heart desires it may not be good for you to listen to to read to look at but it's there, and you tote it around with you all day long. Be careful with that, ladies and gentlemen. Be careful with that. So Noah's righteousness, his, just the way that he lived, his righteousness condemned the rest of the world, the way that they were living. Second Timothy 3.12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So by his obedience, it exposed their disobedience. By him shining his light, they could see their own darkness. Noah's holy life and his walk with God was an indictment, was a charge upon their life. What kind of example are you to those around you? What kind of example are you to your family? What kind of legacy will you leave? It's often said, and I believe this, many times people remember how you started and how you finished. You may fumble in between but how you start and how you finish means a lot. And I do believe there's a lot. I've heard some older preachers say that, and I believe there's a lot to that. Because listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, you may be a senior saint. You may be up there in age. But the very thing, your grandkids, they're going to know you for a short time in your life. But that short time in your life that you know them, when you pass away, whatever you left them, they're going to carry with them their whole life until they die. That's how important, listen to me, that's how important, important your testimony is to them because what you leave them they will carry with them their entire life and it can affect them and the next generation and the next generation so i dare say many times senior saints don't give themselves enough credit that to 
actually realize how much influence that they actually have on the next and the next and the next generation. I dare say you have the greatest influence out of all of us because you can leave a great legacy and say, my grandma, my grandpa believed in God. They believed in the Bible. They believed what the Lord said. They believed in his promises. They believed Jesus was the only way. Amen. So let us never grow accustomed to sin. We should strive, listen to me, strive to live a holy life in the midst of this world. Now, if you look up that word strive, that's not a passive word. That's an action word. That's a verb to strive. It means work. It means hard work. It means to make great efforts to achieve or obtain it to struggle, to fight vigorously for something. You should strive for it. Anything worth doing is uphill. A good marriage is uphill. Uh, being a good employee is uphill. Being a good father is uphill. Anything worth doing in life is uphill. There's not one person that's won a gold Olympic medal that sat on the bench until the day, till the day of the race or to the day of the jump, and they got up and said, you know what, I'm going to run that race and I'm going to win it. No, they practiced and practiced and practiced for years and years and were disciplined and coached and listened. And then when the day came, they could get out and they could run that race. Will you walk with God today so that you may run the race tomorrow? Amen. Remember what I said? The greatest thing Noah ever did was not that he built the ark. The greatest thing he ever did was that he walked with God the Bible says he walked with God. If you're going to do anything great for God, you're not going to do it apart from not walking with him. You're going to have to walk with God in order to do something great for God. Because because apart from your walk and your spiritual life with God and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you will do nothing, nothing worthwhile for him. Nothing that will last. The Bible calls that wood, hay, and stubble. It will be burnt up. But the things you do for the Lord Jesus Christ, they'll be gold and silver. They'll be last forever. So I want to make some comparisons here, and I spent many hours sitting here yesterday studying this. The comparison between the Lord Jesus and the ark. The Lord Jesus and the ark, because the ark is a picture of Christ. And so here it is, the ark compared to Jesus. There's one. The first thing I want you to notice that everything in the ark, there was no metal used to build the ark. Everything that the ark was made out of was organic. It was gopher wood. It was pitch. It was things of that nature. It, it was organic. There was no metal. And I do believe that there's a spiritual meaning behind that. I believe there's a spiritual meaning in everything in the Bible. I believe the spiritual meaning behind this is that something had to die in order to save Noah's family. Yes, it was trees, but trees are alive. And so those trees had to die in order to save Noah's family. Something had to die in order for you to get salvation, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ that laid down his life. So something had to die in order to save Noah and his family. The other thing I want you to notice is that there was only one door on the ark. There was only one way in. There's only one way into heaven, ladies and gentlemen, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. There's not but one door. There's not but one way in. Amen. And God was in there and he told Noah, come in. And the ark was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ who died on what? A tree that we might be saved by putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So the very thing that Noah cut down and killed in order to build the ark to save his family was a tree. Somebody cut down a tree and made a cross, and that's what the Lord Jesus Christ was hung on. Number five I have was God shut the door of the ark, and they were sealed in. And when you're saved, the Bible says you are sealed unto the day of the redemption. God shut the door to the ark and sealed it. Think about that. The Bible says that when you're saved, when you're born again, that you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Nobody can break, break that seal. The Bible says no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. That means your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the day, time that you get saved and forever. It's forever there. It's permanent ink. It's not going away. And so I believe that's a perfect picture of that. They climbed on the ark. God shut the door. It was sealed just as when you're saved, you are sealed unto the day of redemption. What is redemption? That's when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back for his bride, which is the church, which is the people. The church is not the building that you go to. The church is the people. And that's what it's talking about when it refers to the church in the Bible. It doesn't mean the church with the address and the four walls and, and the pulpit and the pews. Although they're nice and they're a good place to meet, the church is the people. Amen. And that's what God cares about. He doesn't care about how big your church is or how big your budget is or how nice your pews are or what color your carpet is. He cares about the souls of the people. Amen. He wants souls to be saved. And that's why he sent his son to die on that cross so that you might be saved. So the greatest decision Noah made, ever made, was to walk with God. And before God can greatly, before God can greatly use you, God's got to greatly prepare you. God's never, ever, ever used somebody that he didn't prepare. Just like I said, you're not going to pick somebody up off the couch and put them in an Olympic race and expect them to make it. And God knows that you and me, we need, we need to be ready when he gives us something to do god when he asked and told noah to build that ark he he didn't think noah was gonna hesitate and go well maybe well if i have time he already knew noah was ready i give him this to do so let's not fight it when god gets us ready for something for him for for us to do for him amen second peter 2 5 says and spare not the old world but save noah the eighth person a preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Do you know how long Noah preached? Noah preached while he was building the ark, and it took 120 years to build the ark. Noah preached that judgment was coming. You need to get right. I'm building a boat. The flood is coming, and he was laughed at. It had never rained before then. Just as today we tell them judgment's coming, judgment's coming, God is coming back. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. You must get right with the Lord. But nobody got saved during that 120 years. Now, that should be encouraging for any preacher who's ever seen any fruit in his work. Because if you could preach for 120 years not see any fruit except for your family, well, just your family would be enough. I understand that. But you'd want to see somebody get saved. And let me just say this. Don't you know that if they would have listened and heed Noah's warning and said, you know what? I'm going to get right with God. I, I'm going to heed your warning and listen to your preaching, Noah. And 
Don't you know if they would have done that, God would allow them to get on that boat. If they would have gotten right, if they would have gotten their heart right. God said, and by the way, the whole time judgment was coming, the whole time God was showing them grace. When Noah was out preaching, the preaching of righteousness, God was showing them grace. Do you hear me? God was showing them grace for many years. They had the opportunity to get right. I sent a preacher to warn you. That is God showing them grace. But one day, it was too late. One day, that door was shut on the ark because God shut it and it was too late. There was no more getting on the boat. Listen to me. The day of grace will end one day when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. There'll be no just, I'm going to get follow my face and get right. Oh, people can get saved after that, but it won't be the same. It won't be just asking for forgiveness. No, that's a whole different message. But today, today, you can ask God for forgiveness. Today, you can ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you. Amen. Why? Because he died on that tree. But the Bible says he didn't just die. He said, no man take my life. I lay it down. And when he died... He rose again the third day, the Bible says, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And he had the keys to it, and he has power over it. Amen. And when you get saved, when you get born again, the Bible says that God puts a piece of the Holy Spirit within you. And that same power that raised Jesus from the dead will now reside within you. Because from the beginning, it was not so. Death was not in the world. The Bible says that we brought death into the world by sin death passed upon every man but you don't have to pay the price for that sin if you'll if you'll realize if you'll heed the preaching of god's word if you'll listen to it realize you're a sinner in need of a savior amen that they're just like the ark here it is will you get on the boat the lord jesus christ is crying out hey will you get right will you get on this boat will you ask for forgiveness will you repent of your sins verse number eight genesis chapter six verse number eight says Noah was ready because he walked with God. Verse number eight says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, it was brought to my attention this morning that before that, it doesn't say, it does say that there was wickedness in all the land. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was continually evil. Everybody had wickedness in their heart. Did Noah have some? I don't, I don't know. But I do know that when he looked at Noah, that he found grace in the eyes of the Lord, Noah did. And it says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. That reminds me of Job. Job chapter 1, verse 8, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil in the book of Job. It also reminds me of Enoch in Genesis chapter 5, and verse 24. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. He was not what? He was not dead. He never died. He never tasted death. God took him on up to heaven with him. So can one person make a difference? Absolutely. Absolutely one person can make all the difference. 
for the Lord Jesus Christ. Even in the secular world, if you just look at what like Tom Brady did for the Buccaneers, taking them to a championship, one person can make a max, massive difference. Now, he didn't have the power of God upon his life. Imagine what God can do with just you, with his power upon you, if you will but just listen to him and walk with him. Because without a relationship with him, you will do nothing for him. Apart from his hand and his mighty hand of God and the power of God being upon you, you will do nothing for God. You may do some things you think are for God, but there'll be nothing. There'll be wood, hay, and stubble. They'll be burnt up because you're not going to tell the God of the universe, the God Almighty, the, the maker of heaven and earth, the moon and the stars, the sun and the sea, what you are going to do for him. No, that's not how you serve God. You serve God by listening to him and say, Here am I, Lord, send me. What will you have me to do, Lord? So while the world was wicked continually noah here's noah walking with god uh contrary totally contrary to the culture of that day noah's walking with god cultivating a personal relationship with god and let me just say this we have way more than noah ever had we have the entire word of god noah didn't have all this he didn't have the old testament and the new testament you know what he had he had a heart that he listened to god with that's what he had but i dare say he must have been very spiritually mature many times i think well i'm doing pretty good growing spiritually then other days i feel like i haven't even reached the first rung of spiritual growth but i tell you what noah must have reached quite the pinnacle because he walked with God. He listened to God. God greatly used him. And Noah's life was transformed into one of exceptional character. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what prepared him to journey that journey of faith to Mount Ararat. And that is where the ark rested, the Bible says, after the floods came. And it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And the deep opens up. And the water was covered, and there's proof to this day. You can find seashells on the top of the highest mountains. There's proof all over the earth that the earth was flooded. I mean, you can find things and places that should not be there. When you find seashells on the top of Mount Everest, boy, how do you wonder, how, well, how did that get there? And there ain't just one of them. There's a bunch of them. There is proof all over the earth that the earth was flooded. There certainly is. But before that day, it had never even rained. What is it in your life that God is trying to get you to do for him? That, that people would say, you're crazy because you know they said Noah was crazy. What are you doing? Building a boat out here in the middle of dry land? What? They didn't even know what rain was. They probably didn't even have a word for it because it had never happened. This guy's crazy. And the world will think you're crazy if you're sold out for the Lord, if you're serving him. Amen. But apart from the Lord, apart from Jesus, you're not going to bring forth fruit for him. John 15, 3 and 4 says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. You've got to make worshiping God and walking with God part of your daily life as Noah did if you want to bring forth fruit for God. Let me say that again because that is simple but deep. You've got to be worshiping and walking with God on a daily basis if you want to bring fruit forth for God. Because apart from God, you can't bring forth anything, the Bible says. Wait a minute, I can do something. No, the Bible says you can do nothing apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. 
God chose to use Noah because of who he was. God doesn't measure you by how much you can do. God measures you by your walk with him, by who you are. Amen. And when you're saved, when you're born again, he looks down. He doesn't see you. He sees the righteous son of God. He sees the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because you've accepted him into your heart as your personal savior. And I invite you today, if you have never done that, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Will you realize one day you'll take your last breath and you'll step out into eternity and you need the forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.